Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This week in PlayStation, we're talking about the PlayStation VR 2 price point. And if PlayStation Plus has lost its sauce, and of course, your God of War Ragnarok questions answered. We'll have all this and more because this is PSI Love You XOXO. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Greg. That's blessed. That's Janet. And of course, you can get PSI Love You XOXO on patreon.com slash kind of funny games. There you can watch us record the show live, get it ad free and get the weekly. Hey, there's a whole bunch of cool stuff up there. 38 episodes a month of exclusive bonus content up there for you. Blessing. Let me tell you, we did the, the shit list yesterday, me and Tim. Yeah. That might be my favorite show that we do on the show. but I'm on so many shows with you. Oh, I'm man. on that one. But none of them are as great as the shit list. I don't know what to tell you, man. Maybe uh, you can get higher in the ranking. You know, maybe you just uh, got to find a way to get on the top three. Damn. Yeah. Anyways, there on patreon.com slash kind of funny. You can watch us record the show live. You can get this show ad free. And of course, you can have a great time. If you have no bucks to toss our way, support us in the Epic Game Store, Fortnite, Rocket League, or Fall Guys with the creator code kind of funny. You can get PSI Love You XOXO for free with ads and none of the bonus content or getting your name read or any of that jazz on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and podcast services around the globe thank you to our patreon producers so many patreon producers for the month of october where you came out and supported us when we launched the spare bedroom people like morgan lorraine fargo brady uh christopher rodriguez the kind of funny destiny 2 pc clan tall tree 81 joseph a carlson one up pest control carrie palmer elliot uh brian cheney trevor starkey super daddy kyle undertopian david mindtel the mind freak uh eric velasquez uh scotty wyatt uh alex uh, greedle uh al tribesman the predator jason l james davis aka at james davis makes uh mick at the nanobiologist abramson abramson uh, uh, Ryan T. from Tennessee, uh, Derek Gregg, uh, and Donald Eccles. Today we're brought to you by Wondery, Rocket Money, and Chime, but we'll tell you about that later. Let's start with a PSN message from you. How you guys doing? Uh, Greg, we're T-minus five days from oh release of the biggest game of the year. That's right. Sonic Frontiers. We're only five days oh away. God. Get hyped, everybody. Janet, he does this every time Get now. Anytime you say hi, is he doing this? How he opens shows. I'm sorry you had to be a part T-minus of T-minus five days, Janet. Sonic Frontiers. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And Baron um, supports just for the it by showing the Sonic trailer. Team, baby. He we're shows almost the there. We're a week away. No other game that's coming out that same week can compare to the hype. A Sonic Frontiers. That's my guy, Sonic the Hedgehog. Will we see Dr. Robotnik? Will we see a bunch of monsters that we've never seen before? These guys are new? uh, Yeah, these guys are new. Is Sonic known for his kicks? I always thought he was just spin dash. Oh, man, no. Sonic's kicks are always fresh. His shoe shoe game is off the chain. No, no, no. I mean, like, physically kicking enemies. He was kicking enemies. Uh, He he kicks people in uh, Smash Brothers. So there's that. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough, I guess. Janet, are you going to play Sonic Frontiers? 
Yeah, I have to do a little bit just to see, <laughs> to learn more about Blessing and what makes him tick. Sure. You know? Sure. Um, sure. I feel like it's worth it for that alone. <laughs> if you're listening to this and want more insight into the mind of Blessing Adeoye Jr., which, you know, who doesn't? Um, you got to at least boot this up for couple hours I, um but yeah i'm going in with an open mind and an open heart i want um, look, but every, I the glances i've seen of it look cool i want to try in that trailer there was a glimpse of big the cat holding what looked like a squid okay and so i assume you're going fishing with big the cat this is, be, this is gonna be a fucking contender right here. Everybody move out the way. Say it with a straight face. <laughs> move out the way. Your shadow the hedgehog chain on. Get out of here. Uh, we're gonna kick it over before we get into your God of War Ragnarok questions answered because the review is up and you can get it on YouTube.com/slash God of Funny Games in the Gamescast. <gasps> Adam Wilbraham. Wil Wilbraham. Well, Adam Wilbraham writes in two kindoffunny.com/slash psily. Just like you came to write in for free and says when you think back. To the PlayStation demo discs you could get on the PS1 and PS2, what demos do you remember playing over and over again because they were so good? Janet Garcia, do you have an answer to this question from Adam? Oh my gosh. You guys can probably help me remember, but there was a game that a lot of people bought specifically because it had a demo disc with it was it a was it was the demo metal gear, or zone metal of gear the or we all bought zone of the enders to then get the metal gear solid Two sons of liberty demo yeah that would be the one um the it's weird for a demo to be a game seller i don't it's such a unique like to that era thing but yeah. i think that would have to be it um just i don't know that was the thing to do so like everyone did it everyone got it and everyone played the hell out of it um and i was with everyone in doing that uh what about y'all what's the first one that comes to mind that sticks in your memory we do a show on patreon.com slash kind of funny that's one of the 38 exclusive episodes of content you can get a month called remember blank today on remember blank uh, or i guess yeah no it, it goes up alongside this show uh, i'm doing uh the one the only metal gear solid 2 uh sons of liberty and with that on my mind, let alone that being the demo disc story for me, that's mine. Because it was, I can't, I know so many people think of Peace Holland, the PlayStation, the official magazine, they used to come bundled with the demo disc and there'd mm -hmm. be stuff on there, right? PlayStation Underground, there was a bunch of yeah. that kind of stuff too. Like, those were there and I'm sure I played stuff off of them, but I don't remember them the way I remember Metal Gear and Zone of the Enders. And my, I forget what my problem was. But I was so anti-Zone of the Enders that I didn't want to even buy that game. So this is the first time, and I'm old. I'm old. This was my first ever eBay purchase, was to get the Metal Gear Solid 2 Sons of Liberty demo disc off eBay. And yeah, we'll talk about it in Remember Blank. God, I bought but, so many like N64 games off of eBay. Oh, nice. Shout out to eBay. eBay was great. God for rest its soul. <laughs> <laughs> it's still around. You can still buy them on eBay. But I mean, that, that is... The demo disc that, yeah, I played over and over and over again. I would come from come home from high school, pop that on, and I would just sit. I knew everything about that uh, tanker section or whatever. But, Bless, what about you? I had a lot of demo discs uh, growing up, both PS1 and PS2 uh, demo discs. I had the PlayStation Undergrounds. Um, and I, I, it's that thing where I had enough demo discs where I can't remember exactly which ones were in which and, like, what editions of PlayStation Underground and all that stuff. But the demos I remember playing the most, uh, one, Brave Fensu Musashi for ps1 there was a demo disc with that game on it and i absolutely loved that demo um it was one of those ones that let you jump jump into like i think there was like three different scenarios in the game that you can jump into mm -hmm. um but i remember it like there was a um one of the scenarios was the very beginning of the game where you are i believe you're running from like a big machine and then like uh, it's just a longer chase sequence and it's teaching the mechanics of the game as you're going and i remember it being just the coolest thing ever because i originally i was an sc4 kid and it wasn't until i got a ps2 to where i started playing those ps1 games and yeah i had ps1 demo discs on my ps2 and 
it just it exposed me to a different flavor of video game that I hadn't experienced because I was so entrenched in the N64 that sure. like playing a PS1 game and seeing the different kind of graphics, right? It was more of the, instead of like, I guess the round edges that you got out of the N64 games, it was like the blocky, like jagged, jagged, jagged kind of edges that you had on the PS1. And yeah. I was like, oh, this is a different world over here. This is interesting. Um, but th there was that, there was, I believe that same demo disc had NFL Blitz, and I used to play it over and over and over again. Um, it was uh, the it was one of those ones where you can only play up to one quarter <laughs> because yeah, it was yeah, the demo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was enough for me. I could play that over and over and over again. Um, and I think that was probably my first football game. Um, and so shout out to that one. There was a different demo disc that I had for PS2 that had um, a game called Death by Degrees, which stars Nina from Tekken. Um, I was not a Tekken kid at that point. Um, and so I didn't know that it was like a Tekken spinoff. I just thought it was a regular action game. And playing it, I was so enthralled. I was like, yo, this is off the chain. She had like one of those, uh, she had a move where like she could um, basically go into her like ana analysis mode and uh, punch certain parts of your body to break those bones uh, in the like in the enemy. And then Mortal Kombat would rip it off years and later. And then later, years later, Mortal Kombat would steal that. But for me, in terms of graphical fidelity, that was one of the coolest things ever. And that was PS2 era. Sure. Um, and... I think at the end of the day, people didn't end up liking that game because I'd never heard anybody bring up Death by Degrees. But at the time, I thought it was it was really cool. Until now. Until now. It's getting... Uh, here we go. Okay, yeah. Uh, Barrett has up footage uh, of Death by Degrees. I'm trying to... Look. Okay, this wasn't in my demo. There wasn't uh, um, a moment in the demo that has like a fun sniper game. But yeah, here's like here's what the combat looked like. And honestly... This looks good. It was, playing the demo, I thought it was really fun. Like the the choreography of it, did you I play the full version? Pretty good. Never played the full yeah. version. Yeah. No. Yeah. Demo discs, man. Yeah. Dude. What a time. And I mean, like, it's like obviously there's a million demos now. And you don't do blah blah blah. But like, what a time. That was always such a like. Oh man, you get the new magazine. You open up that plastic bag. You get that disc. What's on it? What's actually going to be in there? It was always so much fun. I want to say was Tony Hawk or some other skating game on one of those two. Uh, probably. Pro I, I mean, remember, it must have been. That's probably a stupid question. I played Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 off a demo, but it was like a PC demo. It wasn't a PS2 demo. Gotcha. Okay. Well, there you go, Adam. Now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to move on to what you probably clicked on this video for. It's time for topic of the show. It's happened. Thank you. Ra that one was broken for the longest time. <laughs> so that one, one and now that one broke, and he's just like, I'm out. They, can only, they can't exist at the same time. Uh, God of War Ragnarok is upon us, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, it is out next week. The review embargo is up as we record this. Uh, kind of Funny uh, did its review today as a Kind of Funny Games cast live on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games, Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games, and of course on podcast services around the globe. You can go get it. We all gave it a 5 out of 5 on the Kind of Funny scale, calling it an amazing game, a masterpiece, uh, putting all sorts of amazing flowers on it and saying this is the new game and we went here here new game here here new here, game here. <laughs> janet you weren't on the games cast review so i want to start with you of course of course for the ftc the game was provided by playstation for review thank you playstation for sending it over uh but janet what did you think of god of war ragnarok no spoilers yeah i absolutely loved it i also would agree with that five out of five um Adding on that now lays it amazing, but also a masterpiece of a game. Um, I think it's leaps and bounds above 2018, which Ooh. is probably the biggest shock for me um, in the sense that, you know, people ask me, like, what, how did it meet or not meet expectation? And for me, I always kind of expected that it would be, okay, they're trying to do the same thing, but better and 
I don't know what the how are they going to actually make it better though it already has such a good established base um I really expected more of the same and while there's definitely a deep familiarity through line in the game I think it was just so much more grandiose in not just what you're doing but where you are in time of place like story everything um i think they also play a lot with narrative structure in this in a way that they pull off incredibly well um i think typically when games have a more ambitious narrative structure whether it's like going to different areas um kind of taking on different um sub conflicts within the larger story sure. it can often feel like it's different pieces that are like related but maybe don't connect in the best way you know i always think of like i love last of us too but that game everyone jokes that game has three endings in it because it kind of feels that way with how they've set it up and how it feels to play through here i never quite knew where we were going but i was always like on the edge of my seat this is a if there's a equivalent of a page turner for video games this is that um i would play and feel so compelled to make it to what i felt like would be the next section not just in like terms of oh i'm done with this quest but i'm like i have to keep going until maybe this thing might happen because i want to like feel the the satisfaction of being like okay i i feel a little bit of relief there's a bit of reprise in this larger battle um so yeah, it's just it's so fantastic like i am absolutely blown away by this game it is probably one of the best games i've ever played um yeah wow. there you go goddamn right jan hell yeah blessing your rebuttal I don't have a rebuttal. <laughs> pretty good game. Yeah, yeah. The one thing we didn't go into, obviously, because we're going to have plenty of time to debate that on thousands of shows from here on out in the review, was really, is this better than God of War 2018? Mm. And what I made a reference to on the show was recency biased. Like, that's something I, I for a real definitive answer, I'd like to stop and stop down and think about, right? But it was one of the questions it was written in. Of course, we told you, uh, read all the reviews, then you can write in for our frequently asked questions about God of War segment here on PS I Love You XOXO, and we can talk about it. Uh, Alex W. wrote in and said, Did, does this surpass God of War 2018 as Greg's favorite game of all time? And again... I don't want to go out on a limb here and start talking, you know, wild about it. Obviously, I'm super hot off of a five out of five. It's a masterpiece. It's getting tens everywhere. We're all having a great time talking about God of War today. Uh, I think it has the potential to, but mm. I also get into this weird spot where it's in the same way as Avengers Endgame as uh, important without Infinity War is Last of Us Part Two as impactful without Last of Us Part One. Mm. Does Ragnarok hit without God of War 2018, and then? At, does that go into what kind of game it is? I, I My knee-jerk reaction, because I think there is a difference between what my favorite game is and what's a better game kind of thing, is that I'm with Janet, who said you know unequivocally that she thinks this is a better game than 2018. I would right now say that as well with the you know the asterisk of I, I, I want to be able to change my answer as I work on the Platinum and continue side questing and think more about it and get a chance to digest a bit more. But Blessing, where do you come down to any of that conversation? <sighs> It's a it's a question that I feel unequipped to answer because I think what I, I think it's the thing of what do you mean by better, right? Uh, God of War Ragnarok in terms of just pure mechanics, scope, polish, graphics, yeah, like I think all those things are better than God of War God of War 2018 to the extent that they can be better. But I uh, when compare when comparing games like this, I think the the word that comes to mind is also like greater. Right, like which game is greater? Which game has done more for the medium? Which game brings more to the to the table? Is it more impressive to take the bones of God of War 2018 and build off of that to make something that uh, um, uh, feels like it exists off that, or is it more impressive to, to take God of War what it originally was? Right, when we're talking about the, the original sure. trilogy and Ascension sure. and all that stuff, and 
you know, completely recontextualize it into this father-son story that is um, uh, more intimate, more focused, that is more heartfelt, right? Like, for me, the, the achievement of God of War 2018 can't be understated. That said, God of War Ragnarok is a very impressive uh, video game, and I think in a lot of ways more impressive uh, than God of War. Or, yeah, I'd say more impressive than God of War 2018 just in terms of the mathematics of looking at this game and going, yeah, it looks better, it runs smoother, it has higher fidelity and a higher frame rate, there's more to do, it is longer, the story has more scale, right? And I think then we get into a conversation of, you know, do you prefer the scale of God of War Ragnarok and where it goes as a story that I'll describe as epic, or do you, do you prefer the intimacy and focus of God of War 2018, right? I think that is kind of where the conversation goes. And what's, sorry, really quick, I mm. like how Skillov puts it in a, his review where it's like he kind of sees it as one full package between both games. Yeah, yeah and that's the big conversation, yeah. right, of like how Ragnarok can exist without 2018. But what I, th- I would argue and push back against, maybe not argue, right, is that I would say as ridiculous as it might sound, and I know what you're using it as, I do describe God of War Ragnarok as epic, right? We talked about battles, we talked about the scope, we talked about the cast of characters, the heights of which you can go to in this game and all that stuff. However, I would also say it's more intimate than God of War 2018. Now, Mm. I know what you mean is that when we talk about intimate with God of War 18, you can go with the way of like, well, the emotional story and what you're doing and the relationship of Kratos and Atreus, but also where I think you're more with it, right? It felt smaller in terms of what the scope was and the scale was and then also what the cast of characters were like i thought like yeah. you brought up on the the review today that i had said back in the day that it felt like a stage play with the amount of people you had in 2018 yeah. 2018 almost feels like um like a parable that i can tell my children right like, hey this is we talked about that when we were doing the re-review right where yeah. i was like yeah yeah this fits into mythology yeah like this is a story that about uh, a father and son and the, them on their way to sh- spread their mom's ashes on the top of the mountain right and the things that happened to them on the way to that like that sounds like a bedtime story that sounds like something that i can pass pass along to generations in the way that it, as it gets to do with mythology yeah whereas god of war ragnarok feels more like a no, nah, man, this is a big movie that <laughs> you sit back, you watch, and you're yeah. like, whoa, like, look at all this shit that's happening. And there are the, there are the intimate intimate moments, right? And I definitely understand the idea of, like, God of War Ragnarok. I I might be there with you as well, ta- talking about it being more intimate um, than 2018, because there are moments that I think hit with emotional resonance, especially when you're talking about performance and writing, that I think even go above and beyond um, 2018. But to say which is better, I got to sit back and like really think about it for no, a while. No, I agree with you. I just think it's an interesting discussion because I think it is so crazy to think of Ragnarok being this bigger, crazier, all the stuff's happening, event, game, movie. But where I come down to the intimacy thing is something that I think has been interesting in both the years since 2018 and then our re-review and then just people critiquing 2018 now on the eve of Ragnarok, right? And that being the idea that like Kratos isn't great in that game either until towards the end. Then he kind of becomes a better dad. He kind of becomes a better person, yada, yada, yada. But it was just at the time so different to see him shifting and see that glacial pace. But I feel more connected to not only him, not only Atreus, I mean, uh, Mimir, uh, Brock, Sindri, for, you know, Freya, right? Like all the people that we know from the first game here, the way they have evolved, the way they've gotten, they've tried to mellow out, the way they've gotten angry or the way whatever's happening in their story is like, and then what happens to them throughout it. Like this game, I feel like every interaction and that's a broad brush, every interaction. So stick, but give it to me every interaction in the main narrative that, because I golden pathed it uh, as I talked about in the review and it took me 26 hours 
I felt like I was, they'd propose a question and I would get the answer or I'd get some kind of other tidbit or some other thing where it was building the intimacy of the group, of the trio, of the quartet, or the giant group of just the two of them. You know what I mean? Like mm. every relationship was being fleshed out in some way. I didn't feel like we were wasting moments where I don't think of 2018 as a wasteful thing. I just feel like we weren't necessarily having these intimate, impactful moments all the time with it. Sometimes it was just shooting the shit and being there. Yeah, I think too, like a lot of 2018 runs along the surface of something that has significance but that you don't really feel the weight of and i feel like you have to impose a lot as the player to feel the weight of some elements of 2018 like i think it is natural to see that father child relationship and think about you know your own relationships or like what how you'd handle like grief or how grief presents itself and it has elements of those layers of exploration but ultimately 2018 is very like linear in what it's doing and very like run of the mill in what it's doing in the sense that it's like okay we're going and we're gonna spread the ashes and you spread the ashes right it's like there's there's great stuff that happens in between and more conflict and more like relationship stuff that's dug into and an evolution between the two characters but they both start off very like kind of cold towards one another for maybe somewhat justified reasons but there's like a detachment in their relationship with themselves, their relationship with each other. And now in Ragnarok, there's so much more opportunity for now that we've gotten all of that out of the way, who are you and who am I and who are we as a unit? And and to what degree do we need to challenge and push back and reevaluate what that means going forward? Also, what are we doing with this greater conflict besides interpersonal stuff? How should we go about it? I don't know. Let's try this. Let's try that. You know, different events will pop up and there's so many more layers. And I think that's what's exciting and why i feel like a deeper impact emotionally in ragnarok it's because there's more to explore um i think i think it invites more thoughts and feelings of different elements of people's lives as you see different characters have different challenges that they're facing obviously it's not very big because i don't want to spoil anything obviously, but you're, yeah. you're getting different windows into humanity in a way that you don't in god of war 2018 where it's like it's hard being a single dad and we're trying to like bond again really touching stuff like i think it's an emotional game but i felt the impact of ragnarok so much more because i think it invites so many different feelings to the table uh, you mentioned how hard it is to talk about this game without spoiler stuff, right? Uh, that's something I said on the review too today of like, I'm obviously excited to review it and be able to talk about it right now. I'm way more excited to be able to do spoiler talk about it. Yeah. Uh, it's worth pointing out that what we're doing is recording on the 14th, a special episode of PSI Love You with the Games Cast crew and director Eric Williams will be in the office with us to go through and do a spoiler cast there. So you need to get your questions in by the 14th. That will then post this PSI Love You on November 21st. Blessing, you had something to say. Yeah. Yeah, uh, to uh, want to bring up the uh, point that Barrett brought up from like the skill up review of like this does feel like the part two to the part 100%. one. Even I'd say even more so than uh, the last of us, right? With the part one, part two thing. Why is he crediting the skill up? I said that in the preview. No one listens to me when I, I fucking I never do heard the you preview. Say that. I, I never heard you say those words. Um, but yeah, like I, I, the thing I keep saying, right, and the thing that I said I said during the review as well is like it feels like you're picking your controller right back up, right? Sure. Of course, time has passed, but in the way that. And I'm sure like, there's quite a question in here somewhere about, like, you know, the idea that when we saw the original trailer, people were like, oh, I mean, it's like DLC because the boating animations are the same or whatever. Oh, man, like, I, you know, throw that out the window. But also, like, yeah, like, it does feel like the same world. It does feel like you're, you're working off a lot, a lot of the same bones. But I do think that that works so much to its benefit of feeling like the same world and feeling like a, a, a um, homogenous sequel of, hey, this is all part of the same 
uh, puzzle piece, right? But these, the, God of War Ragnarok does make itself different by going for a uh, wider scope and bigger range. And But I think with that... Um, I think with a lot of the bigger swings that God of War Ragnarok takes, that also leaves room for um, more, uh, more slip-ups and more disappointment, right? And that's not me saying, like, I'm disappointed by major story beats, but I think there are plenty of things that we can identify that I'm very excited for the spoiler cast for, which is, like, oh, man, I feel like this character didn't get their moment as much. Oh, man, I feel like this character development was uh, quicker because they were going through so much stuff. And there's the, you know, the idea of this game being nearly twice as long as God of War 2018, right? At least, like, 10 hours more. Uh, there's pacing stuff there that I I, I even think could have been done uh, uh, way better. And a lot of that is because they're taking bigger swings, they're going for bigger scope, they're going for epic. But does that leave for more th more, more places where we can nitpick compared to God of, War, God of War 2018 that, you know, I think keeps its scope relatively focused? Cozy Bear writes in with a question i want janet to answer because you and i have talked about this on the games cast review we'll talk about it here too but i want janet first uh what are your top level thoughts on the pacing and overall length of god of war ragnarok one of my few qualms with 2018 was that i found it too long with sequences like alfheim and a lot of the late game backtracking in midgard feeling overly drawn out how does ragnarok fare by comparison janet garcia i think by comparison Overall, I think I like this pacing more. It is definitely a longer experience to Blessings Point, but I never felt like it was overstaying its welcome. Um, and I played like for 10 hours longer than you guys. I, I did 35 hours and I did a lot of the side stuff, which I did that in 2018 too. Like my 2018 clock is also like in the low 20s. So I, regardless of how you're playing, it is going to be a longer experience. But I think part of that is because I felt like they spent the right amount of time in so many different places. Um, and even with the side quests, like I feel like some of my favorite content is in the side quests. And I remember playing it and being like, oh man, I, there are people that are like, are not going to see this. And that kind of sucks because I'm like, this is so good. Um, but I think it's also a testament to how well crafted the game is to have side quests that do feel on par with the mainline story and that easily could be mainline things. But yeah, I, I was totally fine with the pacing. I do agree that 2018, has a bit of that it's kind of like a roller coastery game where there's like kind of this you're on a, a set path and there's kind of an emotional build-up and then there's like all this wild backtracking drama stuff that pops up and it feels like the end of that game is like four hours while like when by the time i was done with god of War ragnarok i was like oh i think we're at the end and then then it was it was done you know what i mean like it felt a lot quicker but it was going through more stuff so i felt like i spent less time in certain things but it all moved together at a pace that felt appropriate for the story i was trying to tell yeah that's been one thing where i didn't have a problem with the pacing with this and i know this is eye of the beholder and what's going on and i know we had a conversation on the gamescast about this where it was a little bit like well tim liked it but he did so much side stuff so that was kind of pat not padding it but giving space between yeah. the major story beats where for uh me gold pathing it andy golden pathing it it felt like that could open yourself up to it. But for me, it, I like the opportunity to choose it both ways. Again, if it wasn't a review, I would have sat there and gone through and done all the side stuff as I went rather than have a giant bevy of content now to go through and do. But I enjoyed the run through. And in times when it was like, not that it was showing its hand, but it is, you know, you go in, you check in, you do the thing, you're off on another mission. You come back, you check in, you go off on another mission. Like, 
I still felt the missions, and I'm talking about the main missions, the narrative structure, were exciting and interesting enough. And to what Janet said earlier with edge of your seat stuff, I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know where it was going to go. I do think this game is great at uh, subverting expectations and really making you think, oh, we're going to go this way. We're going to go that way in the same way, you know, like you know, uh, one of the big themes here is like the prophecy that was revealed at the end of 2018 and kind of being like, well, we know where this is going to go then don't we? And how do you make that interesting? Like this game does a great job of, I think, introducing elements that kept me into it and on it and ready for it. And I think even now I can't wait to get home tonight and get all my chores done. So I can sit down and just go side quest for a while, do more. Cause I've done more since I rolled credits even, but I like the pacing personally of it. And I do uh, 2018, like we talked about earlier, the 2018, replay we just did on PSL love you like i did feel there what people were talking about i'm like okay cool like this is a little bit much right now i, I want to get to the next thing or i want what i'm doing right now to be teasing the next thing more to make me excited for what i'm doing right now and i felt like ragnarok did a good job of that yeah i think narratively i was in it the whole way through right like to uh, bring a, a janet quote in right <clears throat> uh, the, the drama felt thick right like yeah. the drama the, the drama was there like the the tea was great like i was in it moment to moment in terms of like all the different narr narrative beats that were happening and how engaging they were. There were moments, though, especially toward the uh, latter half of the game, where I felt like the amount of stuff that they were jam-packing into this game did feel like, oh, man, we're doing so much and not everything is getting as much care uh, as the other thing. And I can't wait for spoilers because I want to yeah. talk about what it was that really... Because like I, there there are moments where I was like, this maybe could have used a little bit of editing, right? Like, did we really need to go here if we're meeting this character and we're going to be with them for let's say thirty minutes to an hour, right? And they're not giving the full. Um, oh, now I know what you're talking deserve. about. Now I know yeah. you're talking but about. Yeah, like yeah, more, yeah, there's yeah, like there's yeah, like okay. even more than uh, one of those. Sure, for me. but that's a great that's a great yeah coded example for me to be like, oh right, okay, okay, yeah. okay. But for the most part, right? Like, I don't think the the, the pacing is uh, like. Toward the end of it, I don't think the pacing is bad by any means. I did have points where gameplay was gameplay wise, I was like. All right, man. I am 20 hours in, and I'm going. I'm getting into another combat sequence, and I am for sure on autopilot. Like I am for sure going through the motions of. All right, get my Leviathan axe. Do the runic light attack. Do the runic heavy heavy attack. Switch my blades. Do the heavy attack. Do the uh, 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 light. All right, hold square. Atreus, do your thing. And like, you know, the the motions of the combat did get a little bit stale toward the end of my experience. Um, but the story for me never got boring whatsoever. Like I was super into the story the entire time. Janet, what about combat with you? Did that get stale or boring for you? No, but that's, I don't know. Like, I, I always love the combat of God of War, like modern God of War, and even older God of War. Um, but to Blessing's point, yes, you are very much kind of going through, like, a laundry list motion where it's like, okay, well, if you use, I mean, obviously some enemies have, like, certain elements sure. that you might want to use on them. But if not, it's like, oh, you do more damage if you, like, use freeze and then use fire. So I was like, okay, yeah, and it would be heavy attack, light attack, you know, whatever Trace got going on. The chain, you know, it, it did kind of fall into that, but I didn't mind that because I felt like I worked hard to, like, build some of that stuff up. That's, like, another reason I did the side stuff. I'm like, look, where I may fail because I don't want to parry and I never really block, I just kind of roll around, I'm just going to beef myself up and I'm going to go into this little area and open a chest and get more armor. And I, and I love that it invites that stuff. Like, I, the serotonin in this game is really high if you're someone that likes getting things and like <laughs> leveling up which i know sometimes like people have beef with like the rpg elements in this game in general or in this modern iteration of the franchise but for me i love that stuff i feel like it's 
simplistic and digestible enough to not have to be at the forefront of my mind where I'm not like, a, it's not like I'm crafting loadouts or anything. It's like this armor piece is better than the last one because the numbers go up. Cool. I'll put that on. And it's super straightforward. And I feel like it invites those elements. Well, there's also like bigger challenges if you wanted to. And there's gear that leans into that with the, you know, even the preview, we talked about the shields, like one is good for if you're heavy into parrying. And I'm like, what's the other one? <laughs> Teddy Chineris writes in to kindoffunny.com slash P-S-I-L-Y and says, how do you like the RPG aspects of Ragnarok? I'm very interested in how impactful and in-depth the gear can be. That was your top level, Janet. Uh, for me, like, I like the idea of getting stronger, but one of the complaints we had, or one of the few, like, I guess, you know, uh, negatives we had about the game on the Gamescast was how overwhelming and complicated the menus felt. Of jumping in there and seeing your character, or seeing your character, like you're creating your own character. Yeah. You're not, that is not a slip up, that's just me being tired. Uh, seeing Kratos or seeing Atreus, right, as you can page between it and, like, upgrade uh, Atreus's armor, go into, uh, or no, upgrade his bow, uh, mm-hmm. go back to Kratos, upgrade armor, upgrade weapons, all the stuff you can do with the relics, the artifacts, all that jazz. Um, I think, to your point, Janet, it is simple, and that's how it was, but it took me more time than I wanted to to kind of wrap my head around that because I would jump in and there I've unlocked four more pieces of gears and there's exclamations everywhere and it's like ah what's going on once I was like oh well the this is the only armor set the I was using soul stuff the mm. only armor stuff sol like the uh, sun uh that gives me both uh vitality and defense like oh I'm gonna go this the entire way and that was when I was like okay cool just pour all my resources and assets into that and then try to build around that I was like okay I get that and it was then it was like to your point Janet numbers are just going up that's fine for me but like RPG aspects of it Teddy I I don't think they really exist right like it's it is how it is before where it's like you have the number next to Kratos's name and it slowly goes up and fills in as you change up your gear and do that. Yeah, it's a game that it's not trying to be an RPG. Yeah. And I do think that like a lot some of the are the upgrade systems and uh, skill trees and a lot of the menu stuff, right? And acquiring different gear. I think that stuff maybe could be done uh, uh, a little bit better. Like it never gets in the it never gets in the way. Right. I think which yeah. is the thing that I think it is it, uh, is important. You go, you upgrade your gear and it is. Pretty straightforward in terms of once you figure it out of like, all right, I just need to get the numbers up. Like, that's all I need to do. If I want to upgrade this thing, I need to upgrade this thing. If I want to change to a different piece of gear, I need to change to it. And they do have like the different um, shields that we talked about and stuff that we talked about in the preview in terms of, hey, yeah, there's a shield that's good at pairing. There's a shield that's good, that's easier, that's less reward for the pairing. There's another shield that does this, right? You have stuff there that might change the play style. But for me, I never felt like that stuff impacted my gameplay that much, right? Like it's 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 playing in the in in this um, middle place of wanting you to have your build as Kratos, but also you know making it so that you don't really fuck up your build. There's no way to fuck up your Kratos in this game. Um, but that did that uh, in terms of the menu stuff, right? That did lead lead to moments where you know I'm going in, I'm looking at my different pieces of gear, I'm looking at the different. Uh, runes or whatever that I have attached to my pieces of gear and I'm going all right this thing does this this thing does this all right what does my Kratos even look like now in terms of skills and and, um, attributes and they don't really give you an easy way to analyze that stuff and really uh, try and min max or figure out your situation but there are sparks of um, upgrades and, and equipable items that had me had that had me engaged right like there was one that i got that um uh made it so that um oh fuck what was it 
Oh, it made it so that whenever I used my, my takedown, my R3 takedown, uh, I then got a burst of health for a, a few seconds. Sure. And that then made it so that, oh, shit, all right, whenever I'm low on health, I am switching to my fists. I am punching my enemies. I'm building that stagger meter up, and I am taking them down to get that burst of health. And that was very satisfying. Moments like that I thought were really good. I wish there was a bit more interesting use cases like that, right? Like, I, I, I go to the um, uh, Atreus special ability thing as well, right? Where if you remember from God of War 2018, if you hold square, Atreus will, like, set out a bunch of, um, like, animals made of light, <laughs> essentially, that'll yeah, go yeah. out and attack your enemies. That that uh, That is back again. I do wish there was more... I guess, variety in terms of what those actually did. Because I think it might be one for one in terms of like, oh yeah, this will do this much stagger versus this much damage. But if you do switch to this one, it'll do this much damage versus this much stagger. I think they maybe could have gotten a little bit more crazy with it, right? Of like, oh yeah, if you, do, if you use this one, it'll be a poison effect or like, I don't know, some kind of electric effect or something crazy like that. I think there's, there's a bit more room for creativity in uh, wanting to make your build that they could have explored um, that I would have wanted out of the RPG a uh, aspects of it. But as it is now, right, it's still a fun combat system. And again, they don't, uh, the, God of War Ragnarok is not trying super hard to be an RPG, so it's hard to even get down to the game for that. I, the, the one thing that I brought up in the, the, the review that I just want to shout out again of uh, being able to like, for the most part, uh, stick with a gear set for the entire game, right? In 2018, it was like, oh, here's a couple pieces of gear. You can level it up. It starts at level four, and you can level it up to five plus or whatever. Whereas here, it's like there's armor that you can get, and you see it's like, oh, I can level this all the way up to level cap. And granted, there are uh, pieces later on that you'll get that start at, like, level five or something like that. But then they will go forward to level cap and stuff like that, so... Again, just a, a little thing to kind of make you feel more invested in the pieces that you're you're getting. Just think, uh, speaking of uh, RPG elements, but I don't know if I loved that. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm fine with it, and it didn't bother me. But I have mm. good memories of 2018 of sw getting a new piece and be like, oh wow, I'm putting this on. I'm doing that. Yeah. Whereas with this one, it was well, I've invested so much in this, and it's giving me the two things I want. I'm it, fine. It, it's the argument you and I always have between Assassin's Creed Odyssey and yep. Valhalla. Yep. You know, it's just a it's like a preference thing. And but and here's what like, gets interesting. Yeah. So Gabe Ph writes in uh, to kindoffunny.com/slash/psily and says, "How are the outfits?" And so Styling. this. But here's my thing about it, right? Is that I've always liked the outfits. You sorry, was that Janet? I've always liked the outfits. I know some people are like the 2018 ones. I was wearing this ugly thing because it was had good stats. I don't liked all of them. I don't know. Maybe uh, there I was definitely ugly but... ass shit I wore there. But that was the. <laughs> this is back to yeah, being the Odyssey versus Valhalla argument, where in Valhalla and Assassin's Creed there are just the armor sets you wear throughout the game, and you're like, okay, cool, I'm done. Whereas with Odyssey, I loved changing on the fly, yada, yada. And they eventually added transmog. And this is something we mentioned. Someone mentioned on the review today, they're not being a transmog system. Mm -hmm. Chat popped off saying, I thought there was going to be. And then people pulled up the Eurogamer article that says, yes, there will be. Uh, this is Victoria Kennedy in November, 2022, which is now, I don't know why I said it like that. Uh, and says, God of War, blah, blah, blah. In a recent developer interview on the Discord, uh, the lead designer said it would. When asked if there was going to be an option uh, by one fashion conscious fan, uh, they replied, quote, the short answer is yes, there is a way to do it dot 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 it's in there in the game hmm. did either of you see this because i only i no. i casually glanced where i had a different sets i went through and i was like oh that's cool and then i went back to my other armor and there was no hit r3 to copy and i went back to the other one that i thought was cool and there was nothing no button prompt on my menu screen for me to do anything with and i was like oh transmog is in in this game and i bounced I didn't see it. Okay. Yeah, I, I there's no, there's none to my knowledge. And I feel like if there would have been, they would have told me very directly. 
like you know what i mean like they have a lot of the tutorialization is as you would expect from like 2018 so like when it comes to menu tutorialization they're big with like the pop-ups explaining the stuff making you do the thing that never happens so i i i don't think we just missed it i think it's just not in there maybe that'll be people in chat now are saying day one patch question mark maybe i haven't heard about that i know there's a day one patch for photo mode i believe but i don't think they've mentioned anything further for significant day one patches would be nice though it's something that i want kind of in every game just to have the option let me ask you playstation while we're live hold on blessing take the wheel i mean to the question of how are, how are the outfits i maybe i'm on a, an island by myself here i don't really care about what kratos got going what? on in the, in, you're absolutely in the on an island by yourself how dare you like, how dare you do you, really those care about... you don't care what he has on he could have on really. a napkin you wouldn't mind maybe it's the nor the north fashion coordinated you know like that's it like uh, 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 you know there's some like, there's not been one upgrades. outfit kratos is worn around like oh. oh man he's styling okay. today that guy's there fresh an, right there there's an all red, pink like, armor yes. set in this game and the fact that it doesn't have the highest stats is like heartbreaking because i got this all pink armor set and i was like this is awesome. Like, I was living for that. And eventually, I did have to take it off for a set that admittedly also looks cool, but... Um, and then I have this one sadness of, like, I was... Again, I did a lot of the side stuff. I got... Um, two pieces usually i get like it's all the same fit because you know usually like it all has higher stats so i had like the waist thing the arm thing but the chest piece i couldn't afford it like i didn't have enough of the one of the parts and then i'm like oh i'm sure i'll get that at some point never got it so then i had to finish the play like the next 10 hours with like a different top than the bottoms i had on and like it was it was a little sad not gonna lie i was kind of bummed yeah i was lucky enough that the set i was running i just liked the look of period so i didn't think much about it but eventually uh, you know, there's a million, or not a million. There's a bunch of different armor sets, and I was scrolling through. I'm like, oh, that is cool. But it was like at that point, like I said, I don't know. We've reached out to PlayStation to figure out if we're just stupid, or if it's some side quest, or if it is a day one patch thing. Because who knows? It could be anything. Nobody knows. Plus, how can, how can nobody you? knows? Nobody knows. Uh, Jake wants to know though, and he writes into Patreon. Nope, damn it, I'm still there. Soundpoint.com/slash It says, "Hey, Greg." I don't know why he's just asking me. Hey, out of all the secondary characters in God of War Ragnarok, who is the best voice acting performance? After seeing glimpses of Thor, it seems as if he delivers a great performance. How was it? So answering the latter than the former, right? Like Thor is awesome. Thor is, I think, a great character. Uh, I really appreciate his arc. I appreciate where it goes. The performance is great. And then the best voice acting secondary performance, I don't want to pick. Because I feel like oh. everybody is so good in this. Like, because secondary would be anybody outside of Kratos and Atreus, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's like, Jesus, like Brock Sindri, awesome. Uh, you know, Odin, awesome. Heimdall, awesome. Scott Porter, friend of the show. Uh, you know, uh, I, Freya is one that stuck out. Freya to me. is amazing. Yeah, me too. Yeah. 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 That's what I was going to list. Freya was I incredible. Think she might be- oh, go for it. Go for it. Yeah. I think she just might be my favorite performance in a sense in the whole game. I mean, I think. Any of those, any and all of those actors should get accolades for their work. Even some of like the really smaller side characters, like there's so much personality and life that everyone brought to their role. Um, I like truly adored everyone's work, but I feel like Freya sticks out to me. Um, I think just because of so often a combination of not just the performance, but the content that she's delivering, I think was some of the most emotional and impactful moments for me um seeing like where her story takes her um yeah like that that's the one that sticks out for me outside of the main cast for sure also i, I shout out uh anger boda i liked her performance as well ah yeah. yes yeah i don't want to say much what's about that it. janet you were you were messing what? with anger boda 
No, I do. I said, uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. but you said well, it like when you're like, you said, oh, yeah. yeah. No, like I, 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 again, I don't want to say too much about really anything, but I loved all of these characters. Yeah. Um, mm. Yeah. Everyone just like. I think Sindri is especially awesome in this one. Yeah. No, really? <laughs> yeah, I wow. mean, I, I like Sindri. Not at the top of my list. I mean, great performance. Again, these are like. It's like, which A do you prefer, right? They're all phenomenal voice actors. But, yeah, probably lower on, like, notability for me if I had to wow. rank them. I don't... Oh, it's not his performance. There's, like, there, there's an arc with Zendry that I might have a little, a little bit of beef with. Wow. But I'll save that. I'll save that. I'll save that. I mean, you know... Oh, my God. All right. Pablo in the chat says, no love for Mimir. I want to shout out Mimir. Of course. Yeah, of course. Like, Mimir's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah, you want to talk Mimir's about... Mimir's old news. You know what I mean? Uh, but, I feel like uh, Mimir got his flowers. It, yeah, it's time to move on. Performance stuff. But here's the thing is that he is your... You're a tourist in God of War 2018, and he is your guide. He's Dexter. Yeah, like he is your guide throughout the second half of that game. Whereas in this one, I think they do a lot more with him as a character. And then the way he picks up and isn't your guide anymore, but is just an actual character. And the mm -hmm. way he performs sure. that in this, I think, is really, really well done. Yeah, I think Mimir is just more Mimir, personally. Like, I agree with what you're saying yeah. in terms of his role has shifted, but he's just more yeah. Mimir, where I think, yeah, like, to compare that to Freya and her in this game, I think there's more there in terms of... Uh, I don't Zach think Mimir gets enough opportunities to, like, Emote. do different levels of, like, emotions as often. Sure. He does have flavor Th to what he delivers, but I just feel like his role doesn't... It doesn't sing in the same way because of his character. I like when he calls you bro brother. Brother. Oh. That is nice. Uh, There's a lot of. Anyway. I don't think we have much to say. We will say much about this or have much to say about it. But just so you know, your question was read. Zach wrote into kindoffunny.com slash PSILY and says, Could you give me some details slash insight into Angry Boda? Uh, she is one of the most interesting new parts of the game for me, and I really want to hear more about her. Obviously, no spoilers, but I would love to have some details. I love her character. That's all I'll say. Sure. Great performance again, too. Yeah. Great new character. But yeah, I would leave it as that. I don't know how much has actually been put out about that character, so I would prefer not to ruin anything for anybody about what that character is. Yeah, same. Janet, do you want to ruin it? Do you want to ruin it for people? No, but I, I appreciate the challenge of the question of how do I, how do you tell me more without telling me anything? Um, I mean, I think she does. I think what's great about her character and really like any of the new characters that are introduced is I think oftentimes we see a lot of foils in stories like this, especially that have such like a widespread cast. Um, I appreciate that she really is her own person. It doesn't feel like she is supposed to be opposite or adjacent to any one particular mm -hmm. character. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you can maybe draw parallels in terms of like elements of, you know, age or background or like the context in which you encounter this character but other than that like she feels like she is her own person in her own right and i loved her from the jump of meeting her and the more i got to know i feel like the more fascinating that she became so yeah i absolutely love that character i'm excited for people to meet her switching off to a character we can talk a little bit more about then sam writes into kind of funny.com slash p-s-i-l-y just like you can for free and says in previous discussions about god of war 2018 it was said that atreus would come off as an annoying whiny little kid how has he evolved in this game and is he more tolerable 
Blessing Eddie Oye Jr. I love him in this video game. You too. Yeah, he's one of my favorite characters. No choice but to stand. Yeah, I got, I got, I got to stand. I was uh, in our God of War 2018 re-review. Uh, that was one of my big gripes. Is like I just can't stand a trace in this game for some reason. I think it was just the fact that he was a, ch- a child and he was written like a child and he was written like an annoying child. <laughs> and a lot of his uh, growth and evolution in that game uh, and his character development just went to places where I was like, oh, why do you have to be so annoying? I understand that now you're like, oh, I'm a kid and I'm a god. I'm gonna do kid god shit. Yeah. But like I. <laughs> It was grating to me. Um, this Atreus in this game, teenage awkward Atreus. Oh, that's my guy. Like I mentioned, I think I talked about it. Was it last week? There was a, a show where I talked about like the question was, who would you go trick or treating with? It must have been PS Love You. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And like I was like, yo, yeah, I'm, I'm taking Atreus and um, Ellie from Last of Us Part One trick or treating, uh, and we're gonna be a happy family. Um, yeah, no, I think you know his growth as a character. The uh, you know we're talking about opportunities for characters to emote right and do more uh they gave him so much to do uh in this game and i think the way they explore his character and the way they explore his, his relationship with uh kratos was, uh, was really great agreed 100 percent. right yeah i i think what's it was shocking i think i talked about this in the preview but stand with me really quickly is that when he opened his mouth and started talking i was like oh man that sucks they recast they had a recast atreus <laughs> because obviously sunny who played him in 2018 was a kid and like he must have and this is an older atreus it probably outpaced him and then i looked at the credits i'm like that is still sunny yeah that is still sunny and he's just grown up and it was like i had a not a moment or whatever but i think coming off of 2018 there was like two play sessions or three maybe where it took me before it felt natural. And I was like no longer being like, man, you sound like a completely different kid, which I know obviously happens as people grow up. It happened. Oh, I hope it happens to me one day, but in this (laughs) specific instance, right? Like it was like, okay, cool. And then by the time I was into it and I didn't think about it anymore now to be so far gone in terms of hours and time with that character, like that's Atreus. That feels great. I like Atreus a lot in this game. And I, I like to the, awkward teenage years of Treyas. like i like that he gets bagged on by people on uh, a few oh, times yeah. for that and like you know he is just like I, I, he's I, still very different than his father i think it would have been easy for them to he's a god he's growing up so when he does stuff in the games it's a mini kratos to an extent right mm-hmm. like but he is still very much his own character yeah and i would I, I, like obviously we don't want to spoil anything i wish i could give examples because there are moments in the game where i'm like hell yes this is the way you do it where atreus in in 2018 you know you would have those moments of hey i'm a kid and he would do kid shit right and for me i think my reaction to it was like oh man this feels almost too much in terms of how how much they're portraying his like american kid um <laughs> you know <laughs> attitude where in this one he has those, those moments where he is like oh you are a teenager like you are doing teenager shit but uh, to your point right there are moments where like they rag on him for it. he's like bro like stop being stop being your awkward teenage selves so, like get yeah, yeah, come yeah. on atreus like what are you doing and i fucking love it so much oh we're winding down here of course i want to make sure we get some of these other ones in here i want to save that one for last did thomas says should i wait to play god of war on ps5 I have a PlayStation 4, so I could play it here. I know that I'm going to take the PS5 leap at some point. Is this the game for that? I would say it's hard to say because I didn't play it on PlayStation 4. So I'd be talking very generalized about, like, well, I'm sure it's going to run better and look better on PlayStation 5. I would think, wait, if you can. If you, I mean, it's, I don't want it to get spoiled for you. It's yeah. a great thing to be in the moment of. I think you have longer load times, and it won't look as good in terms of graphics, but... 
Yeah. It's still a hell but of a game. Even what are longer load times for a game that is like a one shot? That's a great camera. point. That's a great yeah. point. I guess. Yeah, I didn't even think about I, that. I mean, I guess when you die and it says but the yeah. moment before yeah. you can press yeah, X yeah, again yeah, yeah, yeah. to come oh, back. That's a good point. I, I did watch the the <laughs> Digital Foundry video that came out earlier today, and they were saying like, hey, even like the PS4 version and PS4 Pro like are looking looking real good, and uh, yeah. they, they even the devs say that this is uh, they think of this as a PS4 game that they wanted to push the true boundaries of that console. And stuff then like fuck that. what I said before. Thomas, jump on in. Get yeah, God of War I, on I PlayStation was, 4. If you're not getting a PS5 by the end of this year, like, yes, get it on PS4. I agree. That's Play what I PS4. think, too. Like, even outside of knowing more about the performance, like, I guess look into that if it's of concern to you. Like, if you really care, you can do, like, you know, watch the same content that Barrett watched and all of that. But I, I think it's worth it just to be in the moment of it and to also try to avoid spoilers. Like, I feel like if you have the resources to get the game to wait that long of a time... Is not something I would want to do, but if you're cool with it, go ahead. But that, that's why I would encourage you to just get it now and play it now. I got two more I want to toss in here. Samson XP writes in to kindoffunny.com slash PSILY, just like you can for the spoiler cast. Remember, you got to get those in by the 14th. Uh, Samson says, I found the hub world from God of War 2018 to be a bit annoying to always come back to. It always felt anticlimactic after each story beat. Does Ragnarok have a similar mechanic and does it fit in better? I, I don't I didn't find the hub world you're talking about annoying, but I also don't remember it fondly for 2018. Mm -hmm. So I would say that this does have a similar hub world. You are returning somewhere after your missions, and I would say it fits in way better because it is more of a all right, what just happened? Let's talk it out. What's the next thing? Okay, let's go do that. And it's like got that system to it. I also, you don't get lost. I feel like maybe I'm just dumb, uh, which is probably a little true regardless. But there are times where going back to God, I forget what, did, what would the name of that place be? It's like the specifically like the the you know the little war table, right? Every freaking game has it. Yeah, where you're like no. rotating the pieces. I going back in there, like sometimes I would just get so turned around walking back in there in 2018. I feel like this is a lot the easier Bifrost? to dip in and out of. Uh, it's uh, it? it's Tears Temple, so it's, oh, uh, yes. yeah, it's the Bifrost uh, place. Oh, okay, with Brock's injury right outside. That's yeah, what yeah like, okay, and, right, right. and you could argue that's kind of like a, a multi-layered hub world in 2018, where it's like there's that, and then like maybe like the larger surrounding area of that area. But like just going out and you got to take the little elevator. Like I, it was a little bit of a slog. I feel like going back there. Not that I disliked it. Like I didn't have that complaint in 2018, but I think this one is better for that reason. Final question is a short one. But an intense one. <laughs> Justin Wood says, as a fellow God of War reviewer, way to name drop, I have to, ask no, <laughs> I have to ask no spoilers, but are you happy with how it ended? A simple yes or no. Second question, do you think Ragnarok will be talked about for years to come? Janet Garcia, one and two. Uh, I guess I got to stick to the, the protocol, but I'll expand if you guys end up cheating. I'm going to say... I'm going to say yes, that I'm happy with I mean, how it's it just ended. that you're debating it. I will dive in after you guys go, if we want to dive in a little bit without getting into spoilers. Um, so I'm going to say yes. Okay. And then second question, will be talked about for years to come? Yes. Yeah, for me, am I happy with how it ended? I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled with how the game ended. I can't wait to be able to take the gloves off in a spoiler cast and go through. But I like, I think the game is incredibly special, period. And then I think it ends amazingly and sets up both whatever might come next and then also the fact of hey, you want to roam around the world and do side quests go for it uh, and do i think it'll be talked about for years to come yes i do blessing 
Uh, am I happy with how it ended? Yes, I am. I'm very happy with the, with how it ended. I think, I mean, in terms of the last act, there are critiques I have about of course. how things come together. But in terms of how it ended, where the last stamp is, I think it ends in a phenomenal place. And then do I think it's going to be talked about for years to come? Uh, I think, yeah, I think it's going to be talked about as like a another marquee big PlayStation game. Right. I think it'll be in that same conversation as god of war 2018 last of us you know i guess horizon and spider-man if you want to put that up there i know we joke around and talk about tiers of playstation developers but i do i do think that this is the one where it is all right cool you know god of war 2018 for so many people was, was a 10 out of 10 let's see if they can replicate that with god of war ragnarok and they've done it so now they are that top tier of playstation developer now right i think you put them up there with the naughty dogs of the world now yeah yeah and I, yeah I for mean, me sorry go ahead jen yeah, yeah, just really quick. The reason that I like had the hesitancy, plot-wise, yeah, I'm happy with with how it ended, um, narratively, mechanically, all of that. I'm critiquing like the last two minutes, like the last kind of ending line, the last frame. I was like, mm, I just didn't do what I feel like maybe it should have or could have done. And again, I can't really talk more about that of without course. getting into spoilers. But it just didn't have that. It didn't it didn't satisfy me in the way that I want to be satisfied. Like the very last line that is said. Interesting. So that's why I was like, mm. I got questions. Oh yeah. I got <laughs> we'll talk questions. about this yeah. later though. <laughs> I have so there's so much to unpack, but um yeah. You didn't like when Mamir looked across the horizon and said, Fuck these hoes. His little spaceship head flew away. And they were like, You were an alien all along? Because there was one <laughs> when you woke up and it was all a dream. No, okay, <laughs> there is anyway, one but, line no. toward the end of the, the game that I identify as the last line that I'm wondering if it is similar or different from the, the line that you're identifying. Too, and I feel like now it's like it's already getting dicey, so I don't want to say anymore. But generally I am Slack the last story, line but... to PSI, love you, the, to, the, to our Slack channel. The last line they say before credits hit, right, it was like uh, was a line that hit me. I was like, yo, that, that was fire what you just did right oh, there. Oh, wow. What? Okay, so yeah, me and, wow. Jade, me, holy, me and Jade are talking about the same line. And, and that it, didn't work for you? That No, that worked so well for me. I was so going to well say, Barrett texted me. Oh, so yeah. Barrett, it's I fucking love that line. And it does if you really line. think about it, but it's just like... The, the delivery, the overall, like, I, I, I don't know. I, 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 I feel I, like... Again, we're talking in vaguety, so we might want to move on. But I, I, yeah, I we think do, I yeah, know but... where you're coming from, Janet, and I do understand. But at the same time, yeah, that was the exact same line that I texted Greg where I was like, God damn, this hit. So, yeah. Yeah. There I elements, feel like they wanted it to. Again, we can't. We, there are elements you know, where we're that line have came so much from content that I might future, be with you. We have so but, much content out of this game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyways, in one. Because, like, yeah, to the question of... And we'll get on to ads here in a second. I know you're all waiting for it with bated breath for them. Uh, <laughs> you know, will God, I God will be talked about for, uh, or will Ragnarok be talked about for years to come? I definitely think so. And I think for a number of different reasons, but I think I'm trying to, like, again, it's recency bias. Oh and we're in the middle of it right now with everybody liking it. But I think it's the, I think it's the best PlayStation sequel. In recent memory, you know what I mean. Oh, wow, just just uh, uh, straight shots at Last of Us Part Two, huh? And for and for well, Midwest, Last of Us Part Two. Oh, I think yeah. there's so much. And again, you know, we we haven't let it bake as long, but yep. I feel like there's to me like finishing Last of Us Part Two. Even when I finished it, I absolutely adored it. Like yep. I felt like I did have some. Do not boom me in Slack. I feel like we did have some critiques of Last of Us Part Two, or like I oh, understand yeah. a lot more where people are coming from. There, I've definitely read some critiques of God of War that I'm like, I can kind of see why you'd say that, but like I don't, I don't feel that way at all, and I feel like you know, it, I it'll wait to, to be seen, but I really do think that like this will be the best received. Like, I, and I, and there's oh, part yeah. of you know to be that's because of course I'm not do dogging anybody. 
they played it safe, right? They didn't do the Last of Us Part Two thing of suddenly you are Ellie and you are Abby, and we're gonna make you do this, and we're gonna you know do this, and we're gonna kill Joe. And we're like, and spoilers for Last of Us Part Two, but you you're, listen, like, I didn't <laughs> play PlayStation podcast by now. Come on, right? <laughs> but like, it is that idea of like so that was off-putting to so many people. Whereas again, to, to, this is picking up the controller, and it might as well be 2018 in some ways yeah. in terms of like what's happening, but. We digress, and there'll be plenty more to talk about here on PS. I love you, XOXO. And if you want to see us talk about stuff, hey, maybe you want to see us talk about stuff without any ads. Maybe you want to see us talk about stuff in the 38 exclusive episodes and contents that go up on the Patreons. Maybe you just want to go over there and say, hey, I want that shirt, or hey, I want that poster, or hey, I want to get my name read. You can do all that on Patreon.com slash Funny. But of course, for right now, the most important thing you could do is get the show each and every week ad-free. But guess what, Jack? You're not on Patreon.com slash KindOfFunny. So here's a word from our sponsor. Are you wasting money on subscriptions? 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about. Do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? Well, most Americans think they spend around $80 a month on subscriptions when the actual total is closer to more than $200. That's right. You could be wasting hundreds of dollars each month on subscriptions you don't even know about. There's this app Tim loves using that takes care of all of that for him. It's called Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill. The app shows all your subscriptions in one place and then cancels for you whatever you don't still want. Tim loves it, it's great, you should use it. Rocket Money can even find subscriptions you didn't even know you were still paying for. You may even find that you've been double charged for a subscription. To cancel a subscription, all you have to do is press cancel and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Get rid of useless subscriptions with Rocket Money now. Go to rocketmoney.com slash kindoffunny. Seriously, it could save you hundreds of dollars per year. Cancel your unnecessary subscriptions right now at rocketmoney.com slash kind of funny that's rocketmoney.com slash kind of funny go deeper into the canals of numenor the mines of kaza doom and more with the official the lord of the rings the rings of power podcast host felicia day and several special guests provide an inside look at the groundbreaking series and what it took to bring middle earth to life each episode of the official podcast features exclusive interviews with the series showrunners jd Payne and patrick mckay including the very first full breakdown of the incredible season finale. Felicia goes behind the scenes with the cast and crew to bring you jaw-dropping stories and Easter eggs you won't want to miss. Watch The Rings of Power on Prime Video and listen to all eight episodes of the official The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power podcast for free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app now. What's the first thing you do when you wake up? Is it checking up on your credit score? Didn't think so. At Chime, that's exactly what they do. Their members see an increase of 30 points on average, with payday up to two days early and fee-free overdrafts up to $200. So start your credit journey with Chime. Sign up takes only two minutes and it doesn't affect your credit score. Get started at Chime.com slash KF Games. That's Chime.com slash KF Games. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by Stride Bank NA, pursuant to the license from Visa USA Chime Checking Account and $200 qualifying direct deposit required to apply for the secured Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card. Regular on-time payment history can have a positive effect on your credit score. Impact to your score may vary and some user scores may not improve. Out of network ATM withdrawal fees may apply except at MoneyPass ATMs in a 7-Eleven or any AllPoint or Visa Plus Alliance ATM. So again, start your credit journey with Chime. Sign up takes only two minutes, doesn't affect your credit score. Get started at Chime.com slash KF Games. That's Chime.com slash KF Games. Bless. Craig. What else could possibly be happening in PlayStation this week? Uh, not that much. I do want to ask the question though. 
is arrogant Sony <laughs> making a return? <laughs> I asked this question because this week PlayStation VR's <clears throat> excuse me release date and price had been revealed. This is Adam Bankers at IGN. PlayStation VR 2 will officially be released on February 22nd, 2023 for $549.99, and pre-orders will begin on November 15th. Alongside announcing the release date and price of PSVR 2, Sony has additionally revealed 11 new games headed to the platform, including the Dark Picture Switchback VR. As revealed by the PlayStation blog, the full list of games also includes Crossfire Sierra Squad, The Light, Bri <coughs> Light Brigade, Cities VR Enhanced Edition, Cosmonius High, Hello Neighbor Search and Rescue, Jurassic World Aftermath Collection, Pistol Whip VR, Zenith The Last City, After the Fall, and Tentacular. All of these games are said to have a release window of 2023, and while Sony has yet to confirm all of the games that will be a part of PSVR 2's launch lineup on February 22nd, 2023, it did confirm uh, that it is expecting more than 20 titles to be a part of it. Now, of course, I started this with the question of, is arrogant Sony making a return? Mike Kurzer writes in to kindoffunny.com slash P-S-I-L-Y, just like you can, and says... Is the PSVR 2 price another brick in the return to arrogant Sony wall? I think many of us assumed that the PSVR 2 would have a more competitive price due to being tethered and having the PS5 do the, the heavy lifting. Instead, it's even more expensive than the PS5 itself. I spend plenty of money. Uh, yeah, I spend I spend plenty of money on frivolous tech, and uh, this still seems egregious to me. I'm almost expecting Sony to announce Ridge Racer and recommend getting a second job to afford the PSVR 2. The tech looks cool, but this price plus PlayStation VR 1 games not being playable makes this a pass for me. So to Mike Kurzer's question, Janet, is PSVR 2 another brick in the wall of arrogant Sony? Um, yes and no. Yes, in the sense that I think it's an upsetting price point. Um, I don't necessarily think it comes from a place of arrogance. Mm -hmm. I think it does come from a place of, I, I have to assume, necessity for the tech that's going into this device. That being said, I think it's totally fair to not be happy with the price or to not think it's going to be viable, because I, I don't think that. Um, seeing this was really a bummer because I'm like, oh, man, this is 50 bucks higher than the most expensive PS5 SKU. And I can think of a lot of games and reasons to get a PS5, and I cannot list nearly as many reasons to get PSVR 2. And frankly, going to call it now, I don't think there probably will be as many reasons because that's not the kind of thing it is. You know, this is a niche item inherently. So to make it even more inaccessible in price, and I get that, like, okay, if they wanted to make the price competitive, maybe the harder wouldn't be as good, and then maybe they wouldn't want to do it. Like, I understand how it got to this point, but as both a fan and a critic and a proponent of you on all of those things that come with it. Like I struggle to see where people are really, you're really just doing it for the culture and you kind of were already doing it for the culture. Anyway, VR again, it's not probably going to be where the greatest game experiences of all time are, even though there are going to be some cool as hell things for the platform, I'm sure. But it's rough in that. Like, I don't know, seeing this kind of felt like the, the dagger in PSVR and the future of PSVR beyond PSVR 2, like, I just think it's going to be so tough to get people to get this thing at all. I mean, even, like, the only reason I would get it is just for the sake of, like, the show at this point, because it's so high for what it is. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a rough spot. Yeah. Greg? Yeah, you know, we talked about it on Games Daily at length, right? And I think Janet summarized it really well there, summarized it really well there. And so, I fall into her camp for Mike's question of, is this the return of the hubris of PlayStation, the arrogant PlayStation? I don't think so. I don't get the vibe from this that pff, we are the fucking shit. 
This thing is gonna be the best thing ever. You'll get a second job, Ridge Racer, all the jokes you want to make about PS3, right? Like, I don't get that vibe. I do get the vibe of it's cutting edge VR tech. It's, you know, super powerful. It's more powerful than the Quest 2. It's more powerful than this. There's more pixels in the eye. It's got eye tracking. It's got inside out. It's got these dope ass controllers. Blah, blah, blah. It's got more processing power than a Quest because it's plugged into PlayStation VR or PlayStation 5. I get all of those bullet point factoids and I go, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I just am with Janet that like, I don't see it yielding a $550 experience on launch day out of the box with the library. Again, you know, you ran through really quickly uh, the 11 games they put there, right? And we did that on Games Daily and it was, all right, well, this is already on Quest. This is already on Quest. This is PlayStation VR and PlayStation VR 2. Mm-hmm. And so you could already play it if you're really interested. And I think it just comes down to that thing of where the PlayStation VR 1 was, was this, we're trying something, it's going to be, you know, PlayStation 1 all over again, we're building something, and I think people bought in knowing that was the experience, and they felt like they got their $400 worth out of that in the, those experiences, but they've had it for so many years, and how often do you use your PlayStation VR? I know there's a huge audience that uses it all the time, yada, yada, yada. Not, there, there, I, there's a big audience, not a huge audience, but a vocal audience that is that people. I just think the majority aren't, and so you get to this point of what, does PlayStation consider a success with this? What are they actually expecting to move with this? And how are they actually going to support it in the future going forward? And that's what it'll really come down to. But I'm right there with Janet where if I was on the outside and I wasn't either getting one for review or buying one via kind of funny, so we could review it and do stuff with it and make content with it. I would not buy it. I, and it's not me saying it's going to be garbage. It's not me saying these games look bad. It's not me saying PlayStation's a son of a bitch for doing this. Mm, I get it. Been sold. I understand. I understand all the, algebra that got us to this price but i look at it and i'm just like i don't think i would be getting 550 dollars worth of joy out of that to go right yeah. at the start and i agree with both what was of that you. gameplay that just popped up a second ago was that tentacular i think that was tentacular, tentacular which i keep reading not gonna lie i want to fucking play it's, that it's like, the, like, the psvr2 okay we just want to be like a giant like squid monster thing but again it's like that, that's a lot that's yeah a lot. Is, that, is that worth 550 dollars and to mike's question <laughs> you know i don't look at it as uh arrogant sony I, I look at it as man i think they got roped into this <laughs> like i think it was they were already on the path they had made playstation vr1 all right let's announce psvr2 and this just the scope of what the industry has changed both in terms of producing something like this in terms of where MetaQuest uh and yeah MetaQuest uh came and went in terms of you know uh, the price of production and like them having to raise ps5 uh price in other countries like yeah. shit just got expensive and, and it, i think if playstation could double back to the beginning and go like go back in time and go hey don't announce psvr2 let's not do this i think they would this doesn't feel passionate to me this doesn't feel like a thing they want to do even the way they just put this on the playstation blog doesn't feel like a hey let's sell people on psvr2 because we believe in this it feels like a hey this is a thing we have and we're already on the train so let's sell it and i feel like yeah that works when you're talking to what playstation vr1 was in the audience that was there for that and people who were wanting to be early adopters and being on that thing and i just i don't think that's the excitement level we wanted out of a playstation vr2 hmm. and i also think that you know not that it's been a foot in the grave or anything like that but even once they announced that it was wired it was immediately like an oh Okay, well, it'll look cool, fine. But like today, you know, and granted, today we did a sponsored Iron Man VR thing. We had camouflage in here to play, to show it off. And Ryan Payton, of course, uh, a kind of funny best friend from way back and doing all sorts of stuff. I digress on all that. But I'm saying that today, standing here using the MetaQuest 2, like it's MetaQuest 2 is now what PlayStation VR was, where it's like, hey, 
this is approachable, affordable, and it is good enough in terms yeah. of the visual fidelity. It, but then on top of all that, it still feels like the future. It still feels like fucking magic to spin in 360 degrees, go down, come up, poke my head out of the garden bear, be able to walk around in it, be I still, again, mind-boggling to me, casting to the computer in the other room, and that's what we're streaming. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, that all felt, that still feels like the future, whereas PlayStation VR, a $550 price point to play uh, the games we're seeing here right now, which don't look bad, but don't look like they're $550 good. Who knows about Horizon? But to have it tethered in there and, like, I couldn't have the experience I had playing Iron Man VR 2 today where I was spinning around and moving really quickly and doing whatever I want on PlayStation VR 2. And I know that because I couldn't have that experience when I played it on PlayStation VR. It was tethered and was like, oh, this isn't as much fun as it should be. Mm. It was fun, more fun today to do it the way it is. And so why would I go on this high end that's a little bit better when MetaQuest 2 is good enough? It honestly, like, really quick, because, you know, we have others to talk about, but, like, and I know people <laughs> that really know the VR horse? space. <laughs> I know. People that really know the VR space probably are, like, not at all surprised with this price and are maybe even a little annoyed that people are mad about the price. But it feels like looking back and, like, looking at it with the context of the price that PlayStation, the ethos kind of contradicts itself with this idea of having VR that's related to or associated with this console that you like oh you only need the console to do it you don't need this powerful pc or whatever like it feels like it's at odds with the market that it's selling to like this is a like if you're trying to get vr with people that have like a playstation 5 that is a more casual audience than standalone vr whether they're like the easy headsets like the meta ones or the crazy ones that you soup up to your pc like that's the kind of audience that cares about that next level of fidelity that PlayStation is offering with this headset, not the audience that is just casually on console. So it's like, okay, it's really cool that you like this, this could be the best looking thing ever, but like I'm not the kind of person, at least, you know, if I'm just a play PS5 owner, I'm not the kind of person that cares about that at that level. Like that's a different audience. So for it to be like such a high buy-in for such a casual audience that like that audience, what is it, what have people been complaining about? The tether. What do we have the tether? And they're like, oh, well, it's for good reason. It's like, yeah, but I don't care about those reasons. Yeah. I want ease of use. I want cheap. I want good And enough. I want PlayStation games, which maybe not all those things can fit together. And maybe that's what we're realizing now, but it's just kind yeah. of a, it's a rough spot for it to be in. And it's a bummer because I want it to work and work well. But now it feels like even if I have the best experiences ever, is that really going to move the needle or matter in the big picture? Probably not. We shall see. We shall see. For now, let's talk about PlayStation Plus. Has PS Plus lost the sauce? No! I ask this because PS Plus has lost nearly 2 million subscribers Ew. since its revamp. This is Anthony Wood at IGN. The number of PlayStation Plus subscribers has fallen by almost 2 million since Sony launched its revamped subscription service in June. According to the company's latest financial report, Sony's multi-tiered PlayStation Plus subscription service has dropped from 47.3 million at the end of June to 44 or sorry, 45.4 million in the 3 months leading up to September 30th, a, de a decrease of 4%. Sony highlighted that the ratio of gamers subscribed to the service is significantly higher on the PS5 than it is for the previous generation PS4 console. In response, Sony leadership plans to accelerate the adoption of PS5 hardware to, quote, recover this user engagement going forward, end quote. Janet Garcia, what does this mean for PS Plus? I don't think it means anything quite yet. I think part of this could just be an ebb and flow situation, but I think it's also worth assessing what is the reasoning for these drop-offs? I think without getting more, like, customer feedback, which I don't know if they have that set up when you do drop-off, and, like, you could write and explain why, um, it's tough to know what is causing this. It could just be stuff expiring and not a desire to 
re-up. It could be confusion on the tiers, frankly. I mean, even for myself, like, obviously part of the reasons that I'm constantly misnaming stuff is because I keep using that joke that's PS++ and then I forget the real name. But there's been so much conversation, I think, around what is where, what can you do, what can't you do, wait, this is streaming, but you can download, and then this one, it normally would be on the base tier, but now it's on this one, and they all have similar names. I, don't, I think that stuff probably does hurt um, in terms of keeping customers or acquiring customers, um, but definitely not. I don't think it's a sign that, like, PS Plus is circling the drain by any means, but I I think if we want to guess why this might be happening, we have things we could point to that I think that could be improved on the platform that we've talked about at length on the show. Greg? I think it's exactly what PlayStation probably expected when they sat down to bean counters. Because again, the important thing to PlayStation here and their shareholders, which is where this information comes out of their quarterly earnings, right, is the fact that revenue off of PlayStation Plus is up, what is it, 10%? Like, that is the that is the real headline here. The 2 million is an impressive number to toss out there and be like, oh my God, doom and gloom, whatever that means, yada, yada, yada. But in reality, you do these kind of shifts expecting and hoping that your hardest of hardcore will go up in price to get whatever it is you, you're doing. And that is exactly what happened. So I'm sure PlayStation is happy with this. I'm sure they don't like headlines out there, 2 million lost on ah, these conversations. But when you actually go in there and you talk about how much money they're gaining, that's what they care about. Yeah. Outside of this, because like uh, unrelated but unrelated, right? Talking about PS Plus in general, I will say the last uh, or since the revamp of PS Plus, I have been left desiring, right? And I'm not even saying that like that's part of the numbers or anything, because I do think that it's just the it's what Jane is talking about in terms of. I think it's just the ebb and flow. I think I don't think that they didn't predict this as PlayStation. They yeah, probably yeah, saw yeah. this coming, but they still saw the numbers going up, so they probably were like, "All right, cool, it's fine." Um, but that said. I feel like PlayStation Plus has been lacking a little bit compared to what it has been in the last couple of years, right? Because we talk a lot about, like, the um, the books next of the world, the Final Fantasy VII remakes coming to PS Pluses of the world, the, uh, I was going to say Destruction All-Stars, maybe not, but, like, maquettes of the world. Those Destruction All-Stars <laughs> the of Destruction the world. All-Stars. But, was. like, when I bring up Destruction All-Stars, it's more so the, the day and date you know, big new game of the month uh, of uh, uh, that's coming to PS Plus, right? Okay, to get in. The arcade, the arcade agains of the world, right? I feel like we've been la- lacking a little bit. Maybe that's, the, uh, maybe maybe that's just us getting further into the generation and them being less hungry with the with the tier of games they're putting on the service. Or maybe it's just the are game you doing this by comparison with Game Pass? You think, or are you just just no, based on what the offerings just, are? I think just based on like me being ex- more excited for PS Plus in the past. I feel like last year I was like, oh man, PS Plus month for month is, is fucking killing it. I'll give you that because even something like Maquette, right, was like, oh, I'm interested in what this yeah. game is. So getting it for free is exciting. That's like something Maquette, better. Operation Tango. Um, fire. Oh yeah, Operation Tango is hella fire. Yeah, um, I love that game. So good. And I feel like, oh, uh, uh, Fall Guys uh, in 2020 with sure. PS Plus. Like, I feel like we've gotten a few less of those like the last one i can think of is i guess stray in terms of like a banger on ps plus but that was even part of playstation plus extra uh not necessarily the essential oh so now you're not gonna count count i mean i can count it i can count it you know um but i don't know i don't know i feel like i'm not it's been a while i would think yeah since i was like oh man this is coming out and it's on playstation plus yeah today that's awesome i can't wait to jump in and do that i'm pulling up a list off uh fandom here do that right and it's like yeah looking back so uh what for this month heavenly bodies lego harry potter collection neo 2 uh october hot wheels unleashed injustice 2 super hot and you see we're not bad games not by bad games, but like yeah where's the where's the hotness yeah september grand blue fantasy versus need for speed heat toem 
And it's like, okay, cool. But yeah, what, like a dragon then for August, Tony Hawk's pro skater, little nightmares, dark pictures, anthology, man of Medan. Oh, okay. <laughs> I take it all back. Not I even. will say roller drone. I think the thing that, that shocked me about August, is that roller drone didn't come to PS plus. Mm. It was part of the trial, like the free trial you get at the PlayStation plus premium level. Of course, the big perk that everybody's looking forward to. That's what we were all looking forward to. Yeah. yeah. But that was, that's a tier of game that I'm talking about where I feel like on a regular or in the, in years past roller drone, I feel like would have been a PS plus game. And For sure, you would think so. That that passed over at PS Plus uh, uh, this August, and not a big deal, right? I think it's just a. Uh, I've been surprised that we haven't brought up PS Plus as much uh, as I feel like we did, um, like toward last year and the year before. It ebbs and flows, I feel like, but yeah, I, I hear you on that. I think with their big redesign, right? Like they kind of don't move the spotlight away from the free monthly games, but they are trying to get you to go up to those PlayStation classics to get you to go up to that library of free, you know, mm -hmm. games that are there. Uh, one more piece for uh, PlayStation updates here for you. Uh, the last of us HBO has a date that is now official. Woo! This comes from at Naughty Dog on Twitter, uh, where they tweeted out, you have no idea what loss is. The last of us premieres January 15th on HBO Max. What's the hype check? Jenny, you hype? I am hyped, even though I think you have no idea what loss is is a little heavy handed. I think, even though it's a dark show, but let's, um, I don't know, let's <laughs> dial it back a little bit. I think at some point we probably do have an idea what loss is, given that we just went through a pandemic. But uh, yeah, Jennifer, <laughs> they're even talking to us. It's a quote from the game. It's a quote from Joe talking to Ellie. Like, it's not HBO it talking to us. But yeah, but like, it just. Yeah, Jane is right, though. We do know what loss is. <laughs> it's just a little bit like, I don't know. I feel like we could have done something else that hit harder than you have no idea what loss is. It's like, okay, calm down. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for this. I mean, I love Last of Us. It's probably one of my favorite franchises. It can be that. And yeah, I mean, like, let's, I, I'm very curious to see what this adaptation looks like, you know, how it fares from like a television standpoint. Um, what, it, what, oh, I don't even know how much access I have to the casual audience that wouldn't already know the game in terms of the people that like I follow on social media and stuff, but I'm excited. I'm almost more excited to see that response. Like how do people just take this as a television show outside of having that heavy fandom for the last of us? But yeah, definitely going to watch. I'm a big fan of the poster. I think the poster's hot for sure. Very good composition nice. there. Bring back hashtag PS Love photo mode because this feels like something that'll make it in there. You want a photo mode of the show? <laughs> yeah, bring back the photo mode. <laughs> Take a screenshot of that's the show. PS I feel like being sued by HBO I for like if, screenshots had, of their show. If we had hashtag PS Love photo mode during Lost's Part One when that came out, somebody would have made something like this. Is what I'm saying. Okay, I feel okay. like fair people enough, out there. Fair enough, fair enough. I understand. Now it's time for PlayStation picks. Of course, this picks. is where we talk about the games that are coming out this week and the one thing each of us have been playing. Uh, the drop looks like this this week. We're getting, slash we got, Endling, Extinction is Forever for PS5, Ghost Song, PS5, PS4, Godlike Burger for PS4, The Chant for PS5, and The Entropy Center for PS5 and PS4. Janet, what was your PlayStation pick this week? It got kind of chaotic. Obviously, I, you know, finished God of War, which, like, shot to finishing that. Um, I dipped into Overwatch 2 and Ghostbusters, Whoa. which was just, like, it was, a, it was, like, a multiplayer moment. It's, you know, just on the weekend where I'm, like, hey, me and Isaiah have been sick for, like, we were sick for, like, two weeks, and then I've been really busy with reviews and stuff. And I'm, like, now nah, we're going we're gonna to hang out. We'll play. And he's, like, yeah. He, he got really into Overwatch 2 all of a sudden and was, like, oh, let's all play, like, all of us in the house, except for my dad because he doesn't play games. Um, and I played for, like, an hour, and it was I had an awful time because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And I know Andy kept tweeting at me what to do, but I just really need to be taught how to actually play that game and how to even get better at it outside of like aim better and like do better at the objective. Like I just haven't figured out how to wrap 
my head around what I should be doing to improve and move things forward and, and enjoy it. So uh, I'll revisit that with Isaiah's help. I'm like, I really need a lot of help because yeah, I, I don't like you know. Play with friends. What's going? I did, but like only Isaiah knows how to play. So it's like, okay, it's me, Isaiah, Edwin, and Maggie. Like none of us know how to play. Only Isaiah knows. And he's like, you'll figure it out. Just try different characters. And I'm like, I need a more hands-on walkthrough. And then I did Ghostbusters right after that, which um, funny enough, I honestly, I had some fun with it. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. Obviously, you that know, keeps being the uh, reaction disclaimer, to Ghostbusters from everybody. Where everybody's like, he's actually, <laughs> this is fun. Listen, we thought Greg was just shoving it down our throats like he does everything else he likes. But this game's actually not bad. <laughs> Yeah, like I, I, it's I'm too early to like give a more critical take on like my assessment of it as you know how good of a game is it and the missions and whatever. But look, I made my character, I put a pumpkin on my head, and I worked on catching the ghosts. And the ghosts were harder to catch than I thought. And I played like only like a level or two with Isaiah. Um, but we're probably gonna keep playing because um, I already know like Greg's role in the game, and Isaiah knows that Greg is in the game, but he doesn't know who he is. So he's like, I want us to play, and I want to try to see if I can know who. Greg is basically it's so gonna we're gonna be really difficult he does a really weird voice in it for sure we're gonna uh go through that for those vibes but also just looking for like I mean let me know in the comments what y'all's history is with this obviously I have a lot of good experiences playing multiplayer games with Isaiah like Operation Tango and all that but every now and then like it's just so rough when you're trying to like mesh with another player who has different background tastes all of that and I don't know if either of these two is gonna take us to where we need to go but i'm gonna spend probably more time with overwatch 2 and ghostbusters so we'll see greg did you pick anything to play this week uh i'll get that in a second but i have breaking news ladies and gentlemen mm. playstation <laughs> has answered the call we oh. asked hey transmog is apparently in the game according to Eurogamer. when where the hell is that why don't i find it their answer is it unlocks for the armor at level nine Oh, oh my god. Why do that? Why? You reached the top of the fucking mountain. You played this Why? game for 80 hours. Now you can look how you want before you turn it off. Why? That's rough. That's, that's, hard to do this. that's the and like that's antithetical to the idea of transmog. <laughs> you know? That's like, gonna no, that's get so that's bad. gotta get patched out. And once people Honestly, find out that's that's a bad I, and more offended that they did that than not had it on. That feels like very monkey's paw of them. They're like, we heard you oh, wanted you want this. Transmog? Sure, here you so go. So let me give it to you in the least interesting way possible. Um, that's that's rough to hear. I'm that's not going to lie. It's it's difficult to like. I feel like we got to amend our review scores. I think it's a four to five now. <laughs> um, yeah. What? I will. I will my Three, pink armor. I'll leave my pink armor on again without losing stats because I, I need like them because I'm not that good at the game. I don't like that one bit. Uh, in terms of what I played this week, uh, it's got only been God of War for PlayStation. That's all I've had time to do. Uh, I'm still playing a ton of Marvel Snap in between things, and I beg the Marvel Snap people to eventually bring that to PlayStation in our segment we call PSB. Mm -hmm. Please send it. <laughs> To PlayStation, whatever the fuck we call it. Port software to PlayStation. Port software to PlayStation. I would love to see that. Bring it on over. Put it there because that's a really fun game that I would like to see uh, cross progression over on PlayStation. And then again, uh, it was sponsored, so you can take it with a grain of salt if you want. But we did the Iron Man VR stuff. And again, as somebody who liked Iron Man VR on PlayStation VR, but was turned off by the load times, so I was super impressed with those today. Hell yeah! 
and uh, 360 cordless movement. For me, I played uh, the Entropy Center, which is a game that I brought up uh, recently on Kind of Funny Games Cast, uh, talking about games that are coming out this month. Um, reading from the and this is it was this is part of the drop that I read earlier too. Uh, reading from the the page, the store page, right? Uh, think in reverse, outsmart the impossible. A mind-bending first-person adventure where you solve ingenious and complex puzzles by rewinding objects through time. This game is basically Portal. Right, it is. They these guys. Is it as good as this? Because this looks good. It looks good. It's honestly, it's a really. really good. You've shown us this before, and I'm like, damn, yeah. this does look good. Once you get into it, it uh, you can feel the budget a little bit, right? I don't think it's as the like. It's not this like. Actually, no, it looks like this. It looks it looks pretty much like this, right? It's not super duper polished, and like, there's not like you know a lot of crazy crazy shit happening, but it gets the job done so well, and I think the, pre- the presentation of it is pretty good, right? Like, it is it is it. it it is wearing its portal influence on its sleeve. You literally wake up in a room that looks like it's the same room from portal yeah. the one that you wake up in. And um, the, like you are doing what are essentially test chambers. They just give them a different name. Like the entire vibe is similar, is similar to portal, but it is, um, it is a, 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 you're in a facility that is like dilapidated and crumbling down. And the thing that this game does to kind of separate itself a little bit is that like, Okay, no, obviously shit is wrong, and it is seemingly post-apocalyptic, and as you're walking through, you have this gun that has, like, a smiley face on it and a personality, and it talks to you and shit. Sure. Um, but there, 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 there was a moment for me early on in the game where I'm, like, you know, I'm standing on this... Um, I don't know what I call it. Elevator, but it doesn't. It moves sideways. It goes up and down. I'm okay. on. Yeah, I'm on this train. Let's call people it a mover tram. or people mover. People, I'm on this people mover. I'll okay. call it a tram. You know, I'm on, I'm on a tram and it's moving and like structures are falling down because this place is so it's so fucked, right? But it's like the architecture is crumbling and there's a moment where it is okay. These things are about to fall on top of you. So one after another, you have to use your your rewind gun to like aim it mm-hmm. and then like mm-hmm. re- reverse the uh falling so that it doesn't crumble on top of you stuff like that i think is pretty cool and does help distinguish it a bit from portal and the puzzles so far uh are smarter than i was expecting i was like how are you gonna make a rewind gun feel like a really good puzzle mechanic the puzzles have felt clever it has been the thing of all right you have <laughs> you have boxes that are basically the po- the boxes in, in portal right that you are picking up and putting on pads and using those to unlock doors to try and get to the next area um and it is the puzzle of all right how do i put this here but then like there's another pad that needs to be that opens up another door so i need to go here put this thing here and then rewind it to the other pad so i can go uh, go through the doors in a specific order those are the kind of puzzles that you're solving and i'm very early on i'm a few chapters in i want to say i'm on chapter three or four i'm probably like an hour an hour and a half into gameplay and i'm very much excited to go back to it i think so far it's it's scratching that portal itch that i've had for over a decade since (laughs) valve refuses to make uh, another portal game sure fair Um, enough and yeah it's just really fun it has a good energy to it there's a lot there's a lot of dialogue too your character is voiced and so there is a back and forth between the character you're playing oh, as okay. and the the gun how long holding. do you think it is judging from the trophy well i looked at the trophies uh-huh. and i'm on act three and i think there was like eight, like 15 acts or something like that okay. and so like if i if i did the math it seemed like ish. seven seven and a half hours ish okay. okay um if each act let's say is 30 minutes long um which is a bit longer than i want honestly but i don't know like i'll see how far i get to it right now i don't know if i'm gonna finish it but i'm gonna play more right now like i i have enjoyed my time with it so far so um if you're looking for a first person puzzle game the entropy center is out this week 
Well, excellent blessing. It's good to know. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of PS I Love You XOXO. Remember, each and every Friday we come to you with all the PlayStation goodness you need to know about. Of course, you can get it early over on Patreon.com slash KindOfFunny. You could be watching us record the show live, just like Old Man Rivers, Ryan Povala Higgins, and Matt Grover are. Uh, of course, on Patreon.com slash KindOfFunny, you could be a producer. Uh, you could get the 38 episodes a month of exclusive bonus content we put up. Uh, you could get post you could get things you could get shirts you could have a great time but more importantly for us you could just say hey you're doing a great job here's some support we love and appreciate it but if you got no bucks toss our way it's no big deal youtube.com slash kind of funny games podcast services around the globe each and every friday remember uh the big takeaway from this of course is that we are doing god of war ragnarok spoiler cast recording on the 14th with eric from sony santa monica the game's director and then publishing that on november 21st so you have to play through the game Get your questions in, uh, all the spoilery thoughts and theories you had, and we'll bounce them off air and go from there. For now, though, ladies and gentlemen, until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.